0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the 1500 ESPN Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand.
1: This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson.
0: Scoop podcast time, episode 173. Technically, we have unlimited time. I could go for as long as I want, but the issues are A, my main job, and B, family time. So we are on somewhat of a strict, tight schedule. So let's get right to it. I will say I'll catch up with David Roddy, Breck, senior quarterback and power forward, the Gophers men's basketball team wants him so we'll catch up with him i will replay my conversation from friday that i did for tv with patrick royce he ended his run of 35 years as a talk show host on 1500 a.m currently 1500 to espn but he'll still call in he'll still be a fixture on the frequency just not daily or at least hosting a show daily he'll even fill in from time to time so i will replay my conversation with Patrick at the end of this podcast plus a brief conversation with holton hill vikings undrafted rookie reviewing his nfl debut from sunday he got a few defensive snaps and he was all over all the special teams units but i start with wolves gossip wolves scuttlebutt wolves facts carl anthony towns has either finalized or is in the process of finalizing a home transaction a uh, residence in the west metro might be another sign that eventually he'll sign his maximum extension or some sort of extension. I still have every reason to believe that with the deadline coming up in October, so still weeks away that Carl Anthony Towns is not turning down life changing money, but clearly some sort of sign is being sent to Tom Thibodeau to the wolves with him continuing to delay putting pen to paper. I do find it interesting that Leon Rose is the bridge and needs to be the bridge between Carl Anthony Towns and Tom Thibodeau. I'm told Leon and Tibbs talk multiple times a week, sometimes five, six, seven times a week, or text. Leon Rose is the head of Creative Arts Agency's basketball division. He is the agent for Carl Anthony Towns. Tibbs is represented by CAA. Now, technically, somebody else at CAA handles Tibbs's contract, and some of those things. But Leon Rose is still the boss. He's the basketball boss at CAA. So Leon is the person that can bridge the gap between Carl Anthony Towns and Tom Thibodeau. But Leon Rose is in a unique situation because he still will do, bottom line, what his client asks of him. And right now the client is saying, hey, I'm not quite ready to sign The extension Wolves training camp begins on the 24th of this month. Media obligations team meeting really the first get down to work day will be Tuesday, the 25th. I continue to hear that I should not, we should not expect Towns to be at Mayo Clinic Square much before the 24th. He may be in town maybe a handful of days before, maybe even a week prior. But I was told not to expect him to be working out with his teammates in informal workouts prior to training camp. Kudos to the Wolves for hosting a handful of us on Monday night at the Twins game in a suite with Tom Thibodeau and Scott Layden. It's nice to get those guys away from Mayo Clinic Square or the arena game day after a shoot around or after a game game night just to get them away from the grind. Of their day-to-day duties, so I had a lengthy talk with Tibbs just about life, about sports. We actually didn't talk wolves, and then caught up with Scott Layden. Realized that he's a fan of the St. Paul Saints. He takes the light rail over to CHS Field. I should say more a fan of CHS Field than the gym that is CHS Field. He also told me that his dad, who's legendary, Frank Layden, is a big baseball fan. That his parents were in town a handful of weeks ago. For a baseball trip, a baseball weekend, they attended a Twins game on a Friday night, a Saturday afternoon, and a Sunday afternoon. So Scott's parents, huge baseball fans, and on Tibbs, he said it was a treat last weekend to bring his 85-year-old mom to the Basketball Hall of Fame, the induction ceremony. You know, Tibbs had Ray Allen and others that he's close with, so Tibbs, and Tibbs said he typically goes to the Hall of Fame induction ceremony year in and year out. It just works out in mid-September, but his mom had never been. It was on her bucket list. So he brought her, and he said it was an absolute blast. So just hearing Tibbs talk about his mom, I said when Tibbs joined this podcast, when I talked to him at the State Fair a couple weeks ago, that his face lit up. I can't recall if it was on mic or off mic, but talking about how a week or two prior he was on the Connecticut shore catching up with a bunch of family, including his mom. I just get the sense that Tibbs... You know, especially after his dad passed away a handful of years ago, that Tibbs' relationship with his mom is rock solid. So just saying, just nice to get Layden and Tibbs out of their work environment, the work grind, and just be able to talk some life stuff with them, even if it is just, hey, our passion of sports. You know, their passion of sports, my passion of sports, just combining our like minds on something that we are all passionate about. So, again, kudos to the Wolves for organizing that event on Monday night at Target Field. Also, it was cool to see a game from the vantage point of right below the Budweiser roof deck, the fourth floor Twins Administration office. There's a suite right up there. So that was a unique vantage point, a vantage point that in, what, eight years of target field, I had not watched a game from. So it was even further reason why Monday night was so much fun. Shameless plug for my Twitter account, D Wolfson KSTP. If you follow me on Twitter, you know these names, or at least most of these names. But for those of you who don't follow me or just didn't see the tweets, it's not like you're religiously on Twitter like some others. So here you go. The Wolves have brought in these names for workouts, either this week or last week, this this week, it was Monte Ellis, Brandon Paul, Brandon Rush, Darius Johnson-Odom. Last week, Nick Young, Aaron Aflalo, Corey Brewer, Marcus Georges-Hunt, Rashad Vaughn, John Jenkins, Eric Moreland, and David Collette, who is at least under consideration for an Exhibit 10 training camp contract. Collette out of the University of Utah. If you listen to this podcast, you know that they were always waiting on Luau Dang, so even though they're bringing in... All these guys for looks, it was always, okay, let's see if wall says yes. We know now that wall has said yes. So the Wolves are right up against the luxury tax. And in case this isn't obvious, the Wolves are not exceeding the luxury tax. They are not paying the luxury tax this year. Next year, if they have a really good year, that's a different question because they do want to sign Jimmy Butler to a long-term deal. They hope that Carl Anthony Towns... Signs his max extension. You have Andrew Wiggins making ridiculous money. Gorgie Jang. Jeff Teague is a good bet to opt in to his player option for next year. So next year is a different equation depending on how this year goes. But I can tell you ownership has zero desire to pay the luxury tax this year. So the Wolves are under a mandate to stay below the luxury tax. Now they still have some roster flexibility because James Nunnally is not fully guaranteed. So they could still add a guy, maybe a guy they worked out or if Joe Kim Noah somehow becomes available in the near future, the Wolves could still make a move, but the sense is they still want to see what they have with James when training camp begins, when preseason begins, even when the season begins. So while they have some flexibility, they could make a move December, early January, they aren't making another move anytime soon. So even though they brought in all these guys for looks, you know, hey, they're doing their due diligence. Maybe they sign one of these guys later. They are not signing any of those guys in the immediate future. I should add on Brandon Rush in his workout here in Minnesota. Now you sign a waiver. I mean, you know what you're getting into. He actually hurt his finger. He underwent a minor surgery on Tuesday. I'm told he'll be sidelined three to four weeks. I still find it though fascinating that Rush would take a workout here when he was on the team a couple years ago. Then George's hunt took the workout here last week and he was on the team last year. So, hey, I can't fault the wolves for bringing guys in just to see what sort of shape, these guys are in but if you're those guys don't you say hey wolves you have the book on me are you sure you really want me to come into town but hey they came into town they played and unfortunately for brandon rush he got hurt sequence of events on luau dang the wolves were always interested i mean even going back multiple years when they offered him three years 30 million three years 36 but the third year wasn't fully guaranteed so that would have been summer 2016 the Wolves have always had interest in Luol Dang, when I say Wolves, the new regime. And certainly signs were pointing to the Lakers eventually parting ways with Luol. So the Wolves were always thinking about Lual becoming available. And they got him into town on Sunday night. Him, his agent, had dinner with Tom Thibodeau and Scott Layden. That was after Tibbs and Layden went to the Vikings game on Sunday. And then the sides had another meeting on Monday morning. Dang took the physical Monday afternoon and signed the contract. So Luol Dang, a member of the Wolves. All right, let's get to my interview with David Roddy, Brett quarterback and power forward, who the Gophers won, who Northwestern wants. Colorado State as well so let's get to that but first let me tell you about my bookie you know ever since I started this podcast going back what two and a half years people have been asking me for advice usually it's what team to bet on for the week or what players to play in fantasy football basketball baseball the truth is I don't really know I mean I follow it but I don't have all the answers but if you think you do, you got to check out my bookie online, mybookie.com. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you are betting with. That's why I always tell people to try and to use MyBookie. Trust me, guys, they are the best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. MyBookie is slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. So 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. Join now, and MyBookie will also match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code SCOOP to activate the offer. Promo code SCOOP. So you visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, MyBookie.com online. And don't forget to use the promo code SCOOP. So they will match dollar for dollar. They'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. So again, use the promo code SCOOP. You can't forget it. MyBookie.com, promo code SCOOP. You play, you win, you get paid. It is MyBookie.com mybookie.com all right here's my conversation with brett quarterback senior quarterback and power forward he has division one offers in football and basketball a very very impressive young man it is david roddy david in fact let's just start with that what stacy was telling me i mean tell me about your leadership skills coach was just talking about the kind of leader you are that your teammates gravitate toward you but you're also involved in some leadership council
2: Yes sir, yes sir. Um so last year um the some upperclassmen went to the Student Diversity Leadership Conference. Um it was uh, recently held um in Anaheim, California by the uh, National American Uh, independent schools like national association um so you know it was just a basically a kind of a crash course slash convention slash fun time of of getting to know you know students of color and and other people around you know in the who are in the same situation as um as i am so it was a lot of a lot of fun a lot of learning and a lot of um you know practicing how to be a leader and how to contribute to your community when you come back um so you know it was a really fun really 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 fun um you know experience so you know i hold that near my heart and you know that's kind of who i am today
0: so there are things i mean from that conference that do they even apply right now to the football field things you learned definitely yeah definitely
2: um just you know being vocal um you know just being being firm in what you believe um you know how to how to be you know successful as a team and how to apply it so you know definitely just more of a confidence boost um coming back from you know that convention so um, you know, it definitely applies to the football field.
0: Does it also apply to the basketball court? Whether it was with Pulley last summer or with this upcoming season? Yes, sir. Definitely. Just again, the vocal part, and you know, uh,
2: you know, teaching or how to how to lead in different ways. Um, you know, you can you can get on one guy and then you know, wrap your arm around another guy. So you know, just learning the difference between those, um, and then again, just through experience. And you know, I've had past leaders like Trey Jones, Gabe Koster, and Daniel Tour, and and everybody who I looked up to. Now, um, you know. Gave me the gave me the range of the program, so you know I just had a you know it was a big burden on me, and you know I just definitely had to use it to my ability. So,
0: looking back at the week one win, what did you learn about your team that maybe it didn't know before you guys won that game? Definitely, we are a you know we're we
2: we we're resilient we're definitely you know we had we had four turnovers that game and and you know it's kind of unheard of to have you know four turnovers and still and still win um so you know i definitely we just you know fighting and clawing until you know the the last whistle so you know I'm really proud of my team and just how they played uh pl- proud of how the defense played um ultimately um so you know it's definitely just you know again a learning experience um you know we got to cut down on the turnovers and you know do the things the right way and the correct way that coaches um teach us so um you know just again we'll just hopefully we'll apply that to tomorrow against south
0: and proud of your own individual effort i mean coach was saying you punt you play on the defensive line you're quarterback i mean do you ever get a playoff?
2: Yeah, yeah, I got plays off just on you know fourth downs and you know going back to Cortez and you know asking for the play and things like that. But you know I definitely have to you know 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 my limits. Also, you know I always as a competitor I always want to be on the field. But you know there's sometimes where you know I get pulled and you know I'm questioning why am I getting pulled. But you know again it's just you know for the team because I don't want to be a detriment to the team. I always want to be a positive force on the team.
0: And speaking of that not being a detriment, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks don't play defensive end, but in your case, you're like, hey, whatever you need from me, let's just do it. Yes, sir, definitely. That's the special thing
2: about Breck, just because it's in the middle class of, of Minnesota football, so I can definitely play both positions. Um, you know, I've played both positions or uh, both sides of the ball, um, you know, most of my life. So, you know, just, just carrying that on to high school is a pretty pretty cool thing.
0: Looking at the quarterback position, how much have you grown as a quarterback, even going back to maybe this time last year? Definitely, um, you know, I'm
2: focusing a lot on my mechanics. Um, you know, just definitely looking at past films, it's, it's very evident. It's kind of day and night from the first game last year versus the first game this year. It's, you know, it's a big difference. Um, you know, a lot of summer workouts and, and, you know, lessons and camps and things like that that I went to over the summer uh, really, really helped me in becoming a better quarterback this season.
0: How many college offers are you up to when it comes to football?
2: Football, four. So um, Wyoming, NDSU, UNI, and, and South Dakota.
0: Is that Wyoming? I mean, all the offers, but you look at Wyoming. I mean, Josh Allen was just a top-ten pick in the draft. I mean, is Wyoming, is it tempting to play football at the next level?
2: You know, again, you know, I'll keep everything on the table and, you know, intensely research, you know, each school. But, you know, just whatever the best situation is for me, it could be Wyoming, it could be, you know, anywhere else. You know, I'll definitely put that into consideration. I have to, you know, have long talks with my family and my, you know, mentors and see where I will go.
0: How are you balancing everything? I mean, with all the basketball opportunities you have, the football opportunities, one heck of an academic load, how do you balance all of that?
2: You know, definitely trying to, you know, just keep everything cool. You know, have open discussions with my parents about, you know, anything. You know, the faculty here at Breck are great. You know, I have close relationships with all of them. So, you know, I have open open conversations with them just about anything. I can come in their room and vent and then, you know, just go to my next class or anything. So, you know, they definitely help also. So just keeping, you know, just keep venting and keep talking and have discussions and, you know, talk they'll talk me through it. So that definitely helps, especially. in in the stressful times
0: which pride do you take in being a dual threat
2: quarterback you can get it done through the air you can get it done with your legs you know, I'm definitely blessed with, you know, the body I have. So, you know, I definitely use that to my advantage. You know, I like to be a pocket passer, but, you know, just in certain situations where, you know, I run the ball, you know, I enjoy it too. So, you know, it's definitely fun to get the physical side of football. You know, most quarterbacks, you know, like to stay in the pocket, don't like to get hit. But, you know, I think it's a kind of a one-up. So for me, because I, you know, I love, you know, getting a little contact, so
0: update that's why we have you on on the basketball front i mean what busy this weekend to the following weekend i mean you're going non-stop yes sir yes sir definitely it's just you know it's very very time consuming
2: um you know it's hard on the body too so i know you know i have to know myself and know when to rest and things like that so and again you know the break school and and everybody else um and all my mentors have helped me on that side also
0: take us through where you'll be the next couple weekends uh, so I'll be I'll
2: be at Colorado State um, this weekend for official visit, um, the U of M uh, next week, and then October thirteenth is uh, Northwestern.
0: And those are are those the three basketball schools you're looking at, or are there more schools interested? Um,
2: yeah, those are basically the ones that you know I'm focusing on the most right now. Um, you know, it's still open, but you know I kind of doubt where you know the, some other schools will, will join in. But you know, those are just the three basketball schools I'm focusing on
0: right now. On the two Big Ten offers, I mean, how much pride do you take in in a Power Six basketball team offering you?
2: Uh, you know, it's definitely you know a big accomplishment. Um, you know, going through the whole summer without you know basically any attention um, until until July. Um, you know, you know added fuel to the fire of of me working hard and definitely putting up you know thousands and thousands of shots um you know in the month of june and and working on my ball handling and getting my conditioning up and just being a better leader and a better team player um that definitely helped me um you know through the through the process and you know keeping me keeping me grounded and you know keep working hard so it finally paid off
0: let me after this i mean how much pride do you specifically take in in the hometown gophers offering you or is it a situation where you're like what the heck took so long
2: um you know i definitely take pride um you know it's a special it was a special moment for me and my family um you know again i also have to put everything into consideration um throughout the process but you know that was a that was a that was a cool one
0: to get is there a timetable on when you're decide on things for for next year
2: um, definitely sometime after football season, it could be through basketball season or it could be after the season. So, um, you know, I'm not really sure yet, but you know, there's kind of a rough draft of, you know,
0: certain dates from Breck, David Roddy. I should note that that interview took place late last week. Breck then won its game on Friday against the Minneapolis South. So they are out to a 2-0 start. Then he hopped on an airplane. He did visit Colorado State over the weekend. That Gophers visit then is still scheduled as of now. Now, that could be fluid after the Gophers get a power forward commitment this week, earlier this week. But as of now, Roddy is still scheduled to officially visit the U this weekend. Then he mentioned visiting Northwestern the weekend of the 13th. I do think Northwestern will be a tough beat. And while he's weighing the football offer from Wyoming, and right now, football season, he's kicking butt. Heck, he plays defensive end. He's the punter. And he's a good quarterback, a really good quarterback. But I do think that in the end, basketball will be hard to turn down. I do think Northwestern has a pretty good chance to land David Roddy. But hey, the Gophers, if the official visit still takes place, the Gophers, being the hometown school, will absolutely have a chance to sell themselves to David Roddy. On the Gophers' commitment from Monday, power forward Trey Jackson, I do know that Xavier dropped out. Some other schools dropped out of his mix now, At one point, he had a pretty good offer list. Oklahoma put the hardcore sell on him a handful of weeks ago. Missouri, at one point, wanted him. But I did find it interesting that a number of the mainstream media outlets cited what he said to 24-7 Sports about the other schools that he considered, Michigan State, Oregon, Oklahoma, and Purdue, that at least two, if not three, didn't even offer him. Michigan State did not offer him. Oregon did not offer him. Purdue may not have offered him. Yes, Oklahoma tried to get him a number of weeks ago, then he didn't commit, then their interest actually cooled. So I'm not quite sure what exactly the young man is talking about, saying that he was considering some of those schools when I'm not quite sure those schools were actually considering him. But bottom line, the feedback I've gotten from some people that have seen him play, there's some potential there. It is a good start, not a great start, but a good start to the Gophers' 2019 recruiting class on matthew hurt heck if somehow the gophers got matthew hurt they would have the best recruiting class in school history he actually just recently got a villanova offer it came in in the last 48 hours but i don't necessarily see him giving villanova big time consideration just because the offer came in so late coach k was the first to coach and i mentioned this on episode 172 but i'll repeat it briefly coach k was the first to coach in on sunday morning then Bill Self of Kansas and John Calipari of Kentucky were in to see him. Then Richard Petino of the Gophers was in on Monday. So Matthew Hurt getting all those home visits. Zeke Naji of Hopkins got a Kentucky offer. John Calipari, while in Minnesota, also visited Naji. He offered him in person on Sunday. Bill Self of Kansas, while in town, to see Hurt also saw Naji. Kansas offered Naji going back a few weeks. Richard Petino in with Naji on Thursday. Baylor in on Wednesday, and it's pretty much been nonstop for Zeke Naji. If you listen to this podcast At any regularity, you know all the visits he's had, all the interest he's had going back a number of weeks and all the unofficial visits he took in the month of August. I will not regurgitate that list because it would take about three minutes, four minutes, all the trips that he took in the month of August. Some updates on some current juniors in the metropolitan area. Class of 2020, Dawson Garcia, big man from Prior Lake, will visit Texas on October 13th. Texas, Wisconsin, the Gophers, Iowa, Purdue, and Marquette have either already been in to see him this week or will be in. Ben Carlson from Eastridge High School georgetown wisconsin iowa stanford and virginia all in to see him or will see him before the week is over or in the next week or so on jalen suggs from minnehaha academy west virginia coach bob huggins is in on wednesday florida is in next week the gophers iowa marquette and Georgetown have either all been in or called this week. Also, Suggs was a recruiting guest of the Gophers basketball team on Saturday at the Fresno State football game, the Gophers-Fresno State football game, as was Chet Holmgren, who is a teammate of Suggs at Minnehaha Academy. He is a current sophomore, class of 2021. The Gophers have offered him. Also, the Gophers hosted from Minneapolis North 2022 class freshman Willie Wilson, he's a guard. And from Minnehaha Academy, freshman, class of 2022, wing Prince Bay. So a reminder, every time the Gophers football team has a home game, it's a wonderful recruiting opportunity for other teams, including the Gophers men's basketball team. All right, let's move on to the Vikings. Optimism remains that Elfline can go this week now. We won't really know until Wednesday and Thursday, the two big practice days, as the Vikings prepare for the Green Bay Packers. But there was optimism last week, I'm told, as I record this on Tuesday early evening, that that optimism hasn't wavered. That there's still optimism, but he still has to do a certain amount of things, actually a lot of things, in practice Wednesday and Thursday to get the full green light. I'll say this much. If Line isn't back for the Packers game, signs definitely point to him being back for the Bills game. I saw Trey Waynes in the locker room on Monday. He was not on crutches. He didn't have a brace on his injured knee. He was limping slightly, so we'll keep an eye on Waynes, how much he can do in practice Wednesday and Thursday. But certainly, it's not a serious injury. The Vikings had former first-round pick wide receiver Brashad Perryman in for a workout late last week. Doesn't sound like the Vikings are on the verge of signing Perryman or any of the other receivers they worked out. I'm bouncing all over the place here. Quarterback Kirk Cousins. This is a good note for my colleague Joe Schmidt on the TV side. His grandma is actually at a nursing home in Iowa. Cousins was hoping to get her up here for the opener against San Francisco, but just travel is really hard for her. So I know the nursing home had a big Vikings watch party for her and with her friends at the nursing home on Sunday. So a really cool deal. Kirk Cousins' his grandma Being all not that far from the Twin Cities metropolitan area, just in Iowa, and maybe if health allows, maybe later in the season, maybe, maybe she'll be able to get to a game at U.S. Bank Stadium. For Avion Collins, Vikings offensive lineman, the season-ending injury that happened in practice last Thursday specifically is a biceps injury. That, according to somebody close to Collins, Rick Spielman, Vikings general manager, was at last week's Virginia Tech Florida State game. So the scouting never stops for Rick Spielman. Also, Jalen Myrick, former Gopher, he signed to the Vikings practice squad. He had a workout with the Texans. The Jaguars wanted him back on their practice squad. The Giants had interest, but the Vikings won that mini not even a bidding war, but just hey, Jalen, we want you here. Why don't you come here? And with his ties to Minnesota and working out at the new practice facility with the Jaguars in mid-August, it was a pretty easy decision for Jalen. But do know that there was some competition from other teams to add Jalen to their practice squads. Okay, Holton Hill, he was in the locker room on Monday. I figured, hey, why not catch up with him for a couple minutes. So I caught up with Holton Hill. He made his NFL debut on Sunday. He was the only undrafted rookie to dress for Minnesota, Mike Boone and Rock Thomas were game day deactivations. So Holton Hill made it in for 24 special team snaps and four defensive snaps. Here's my brief conversation on Monday with Holton Hill. And my first question to Holton was just about the overall experience, making that debut, and what stood out to him.
3: You know, just like going out there, just like, you know what I'm saying, like just giving it my all and just being able to uh, like play like an important role on special teams and like whenever my number is called, like just go out there and um, just like give him my all.
0: We had a chance to reflect on the journey i mean to go from undrafted to making a 53 man roster to then being one of the guys that dresses that first week i mean that's pretty incredible
3: yeah um like, that was like kind of like my mindset and like my uh like plan like the whole time like just like go out there and like just give them my all you know just take it like step by step from uh like rookie rookie mini camp to like the otas and and like on to uh you know like training camp just like get better like each each uh phase um i like, just like improve my game and like just get better and, uh you know just like let everything like play out and how i will and, and like it and like I like it turned out to play out play out in my favor you got a couple snaps as the nickel cornerback is that right is it more than a couple um, i got a couple at uh, like cornerback yeah how did those go uh it went it went like pretty good you know um, I was like glad to like be out there um, I really wasn't expecting a uh expecting to get like thrown out there like that early but um, I was prepared and I was like ready for it I actually like excited excited i got out there and is it still an adjustment, learning how to play inside? Um, I was actually on the outside.
0: You were on the outside. Okay, so you were on the outside. Was there Mike on the inside on those snaps? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, so not as much of an adjustment.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, nah, um, it's not that much of an adjustment.
0: But just eye-opening, I mean, just the NFL versus, you know, the guys you saw playing at Texas?
3: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, the um, intensity level and, like, the, um, the like, competition is, like, way, way more better than, than uh, like, college, for sure.
0: How much pride do you take in in special teams? I mean, I think you're on what 24 different snaps on special teams. I mean, just about every special teams unit.
3: Yeah, I was on uh, all four phases and, and uh, like the special teams and and like I just like play my role like wherever it is. Like just go out there and like give them all. And do you think all four phases went well? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, like, most definitely all four phases like went well
0: skyline specs also helps bring you the scoop podcast skyline specs is an urban lifestyle brand that connects people to the twin cities community they're a local student startup that does this by engraving major city skylines such as minneapolis and st paul on the side of their premium wooden sunglasses they offer a variety of polarized styles you are sure to love use promo code mn mn for 15% off Skyline Specs, online skylinespecs.com. One other NFL note, a free agent the Vikings had some interest in, in the offseason, not so much now, but in the offseason going back many months. Marcus Williams from Hopkins High School signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Marcus Williams on the active roster of Tampa Bay, the 1-0 and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, let's wrap up with a potpourri of notes, then the Patrick Roycey conversation. As reported on Twitter on Monday, the official injury for Rodney Smith Is torn ACL, and it was always the knee. I get why P.J. Flack has to, you know, dodge and duck and dip and all that stuff post-game. And then on the radio Sunday morning, he has to be evasive because, you know, you don't want to disclose everything until you have every conversation imaginable with Rodney and those close to Rodney. So I don't think P.J. wanted to tip his hand at all. But the injury was always the knee. There was never any worry about the ankle or anything else. It was always the knee, and it is an ACL now. Fleck was told by Rodney that Rodney wants to be back for sixth year and it makes logical sense because an ACL recovery is what a good 10 11 12 months that's well past NFL draft preparation time it's even past supplemental draft time it just puts his NFL future up in the air for next year so why not come back for a sixth year then enter the 2020 draft but if you're Rodney and Rodney will still talk to some people close to him about this. Now, I think Fleck knows that Rodney will come back for sixth year, but what I'm saying is Rodney has not talked to those close to him, those other people close to him. Clearly, he's close to P.J. Fleck. Just about weighing the options, that being in your mid-20s, does it make sense to come back for a sixth year when running backs have a short shelf life in the NFL, or would it make some sense to speed up the pro process, your earning potential, but... Yeah, I mean, everything is on hold just with the ACL rehab that will have to attack. And Fleck on Tuesday at his news conference said that he was told by Rodney that Rodney is interested in playing a sixth year. Now, the NCAA has to grant the sixth year. But in this case, it seems like it's pretty obvious. But the NCAA does some goofy things, and it's not real easy to get a sixth year. But getting hurt in the fifth quarter of your season – that seems pretty obvious, but I'm just saying that Rodney still needs to have some conversations with others. But he did lead Fleck to believe that he will come back for a sixth year. So if the NCAA approves the sixth year, I guess signs do point to Rodney coming back for a sixth year. Shannon Brooks was able to absorb some contact in practice on Tuesday. He tore his ACL going back to winter workouts, flexing on Tuesday. He will play Brooks in four games, not more than that. They want to maintain the red shirt but they will play Brooks in four games this year. Somebody close to the program, and it was more wondering aloud, but this person knows stuff, so I don't think he just randomly sent me the note. said, hey, what about Brooks back in mid-October for the Iowa game, rivalry game, and he's already absorbing contact here in – what, early to mid-September, so he's still got a few more weeks, absorb more contact. What if one of the four games is as soon as October 6th against Iowa? More so something just to think about. What else do I have written down? Thoughts and prayers with Jim Carter. He's been on this podcast a handful of times. Gopher's great. In his late 60s, suffered a recent heart attack. I know he underwent a procedure at the hospital on Monday. He is resting comfortably now, so we wish Jim Carter Nothing but the best. Tony Dungy will be in town for the Gopher game on Saturday against Miami of Ohio. He'll meet with the team at one point, and he will also on Friday at TCF Bank Stadium in the Dairy Queen Club Room. He will be here for an event called Hometown Hall of Famer. The Pro Football Hall of Fame and Ford Motor Company are pleased to bring the Hometown Hall of Famer program to Tony Dungy's alma mater. The Gophers and Tony will present the hometown Hall of Famer plaque to the University of Minnesota, making it the 120th school to become an official school of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So the University of Minnesota will accept a plaque from Tony Dungy on Friday late afternoon, Dairy Queen Club Room. TCF Bank Stadium. Always great to have Tony back in town. And I saw him tweet that it has been a number of years since he's been to a Gophers game. So hopefully he enjoys his experience on Saturday afternoon. What else did I scribble down? Dwayne Wade. We saw the pictures on Saturday. Dwayne Wade was in town. He worked out with Lindsey Whalen's team, the Gophers women's basketball team. I'm told Dwayne was here for personal reasons. I know that a Wolves blogger went as far as to say it was for... A wedding, somebody close to Dwayne. I just know it was personal reasons. It had nothing to do with the Wolves bringing in all those free agents for workouts. It had nothing to do with the Timberwolves is the bottom line. But Dwayne Wade was in town over the weekend. On Miguel Sano, the leg injury going back a week. He is not in the lineup again on Tuesday night, so he's now missed a week of games. I am told by somebody close to Miguel that the goal is to still play this year. That maybe they get to the point of it's time to shut him down, and it is a bone bruise. I know there's been all sorts of additional speculation is something else going on. I'm told by a couple of reliable people that it's a bone bruise. Now, it's a painful bone bruise, but I know that the Twins and Miguel still want him to play with 19 games to go, the season ending in late September, that the hope is that Miguel can get back out there before the season is over so the twins are not to the point of saying hey miguel you are done for the year not to say that maybe eventually it gets to that point but at this point as i sit here and record this on tuesday early evening the 11th of september the idea is that miguel will return before the season is over all right for tv i did a story on patrick royce and joe suture ending their daily shows on 1500 a.m on friday heck for tv i had to Limit everything down. I had to make it a minute and 40 seconds, but I sat down with Patrick for like 8, nine, ten minutes. Just got him going on the end of one heck of an era, being a talk show host, a regular talk show host at 1500 a.m., going back 35 years. So here is my conversation with the legendary Patrick Royce. I started with the fact that he wore a tie to work on Friday. In all my years here at Hubbard Broadcasting, I can't recall Patrick ever wearing a tie to work. I'm not even quite sure he knows how to tie a tie. In fact, I think he's admitted that he doesn't know how to tie a tie, that somebody else had to tie the knot for him. So anyway, Patrick wore a tie to work on Friday. So we started there and then went any number of directions. Here is Patrick Roycey. You're 35 years. Can you count on one hand how often you've worn a tie here to the office? Uh,
1: Well, I suppose a couple of times I might have been going to a funeral afterward or a little wake or, uh, you know. I can't think of more than two or three. But the good thing is, this is a nice Neiman Marcus tie, and I've had it hanging on a coat hanger in the closet for about eight years, and it deserved to come out one last time, didn't it?
0: I love it. Now, (laughs) on August 10th, when you found out the news, Patrick, you tweeted that you're going to make sure that you work extra hard (laughs) to produce great content. I'd have to ask
1: the staff what, what they thought. Yeah, I mean, did you deliver it? Well, as I said, maybe we should have started earlier. I know. it was. We, we, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, we had a lot of fun the last uh, couple of years since we put this uh, show together with Manny and uh, Chris Revers. It was, uh, you know, what can we do to get some laughs? That's kind of what we've uh, been all about here. So,
0: You're not one to get overly emotional, but... Will there be some emotion
1: today it'll be interesting, uh, I mean suchi boy and I travel in completely different circles <laughs> hes and, you know golfs and does all that stuff, and doesn 't watch sports. he worries about uh, using you know classic cars and stuff and boats and uh yeah, I think it probably just because it 's you know been so long but i i don 't think so not not really i mean it's I, I'm not a young man. I'll be 73 next month. I'm, uh, I'm I'm very comfortable with this. So and and I might be doing call-ins, doing something. I'm fine.
0: Thirty-five years is one hell of a run. Too. Oh, it
1: is. It's amazing. Yeah, and you think uh, about it, right. I mean. Yeah. You it, don't it, get to do this for 35 straight <laughs> 30 years. Oh no, uh, everybody I know in the business pretty much has either gotten fired two or three times. But the one thing I'm sad about is. Uh, Sid's twenty five and a half years older than me, and he's lasting longer on radio than I am. So that that kind of that's upsetting. You know that is that that's upsetting. He can't hear. He can't hear. He can't talk, and he still lasting longer on radio than me. That's uh, that's kind of very upsetting.
0: What hit you, Patrick, as you were packing up your th- <laughs> <laughs> the bag, there. There's the box right there.
1: Uh, Thirty five years. Right? Thirty five years right there. But uh, I wish it was still full of the Girl Scout cookies, actually, that we brought in here. But uh, it's, uh, you know, it was never the end of the world for me. The thing, the reason I enjoyed it was when we came in, we're, you know, we're going to have some laughs and we're not. There's no pressure. When we started off, it was always a lark. It was an extra job. But when we started off in 1983, and you know what happened, uh, Doogie? It was so fun, so fast, that we didn't even know where it was going. And all of a sudden, right off the bat, within a month or so, these goofballs started calling in. Greg Harrington was the first one. He called in and did a Frank Willisy voice. And then some guy called in saying he was Frank Willis' imaginary brother, Bill. And then, and then it just got completely out of hand. And uh, it, you know, then Toads, the, the young kids from White Bear Lake, Terrorists organized against disgusting sports. Uh, they started and and they took control of the show and pretty much set the stage for what it was going to be. Because Joe and I didn't come in and say, you know, let's have a bunch of goofy characters and and just make it a laugh. We thought we would going to come in and talk about Bud Grant or something. And and uh, these guys hijacked the show. And then that hey, we said this is fun. So. And the Saturdays were always fun, too, because uh, it was always a drama as to whether Joe would arrive before the bumper music stopped <laughs> playing. Heard it on We had Heard It on the Grapevine, and it's a good thing it was a long song because he'd come rolling in about 10.03. So the prep was not exactly intense because neither of us knew what we were going to talk about. So it was... Uh, but that was that, a beauty, right? Yes, yeah, it was. It was because, okay, all week you get serious sports talk somewhere in town and then on saturdays if there was a big issue uh... you know you could you, you'd you talk about it but mostly it was just jokes and uh... you know just having a good time and one of the all timers was the april first uh... year that uh, we reported that my friend buck harvey from the san antonio express was reporting that the vikings were moving to san antonio and it was out there and, and uh... And then Joe got his lawyer buddy to come on and pretend like he was Buck Harvey, giving us the full details of how it was going to be announced, such and such. And and Channel 5 came upstairs and was wondering if it was a real thing. And then about 10.58, some guy called up and sounded like a mean guy, you know, and, and said, if this is an April Fool's joke, I'm going to come down there and beat the hell out of both of you. So we came back at 11.03 and said, okay, it was an April Fool's joke and we're a bunch of sissies and please don't beat us up. You know, so it was a, a completely different attitude. You know, I've tried to have fun writing columns too, most of the part, but it, but the radio was certainly when Joe and I were just doing Monday nights and, and Saturdays. Uh, it was, you know, it was a completely different attitude. You know, just, just a lot of fun. And one of the... Uh, one of the magical parts of it was the uh, the station was uh, trying to get its uh, act together technically a lot of the times in the eighties. I you know this is obviously too long, but the all timer was Joe and I were both in Toronto in ninety one, and then we had one of our favorite producers, the Grifster, on the board, and I was in one hotel, Joe was in another hotel, and there were times when I was talking to the Griffster. And there were times when Joe was talking to the grifter. And there were times when I was talking to Joe, but there was no point when all three of us were hooked up together. And then would Joe and I'd be saying to each other, now don't say anything, because we might be on the air, you know, don't say anything bad here, because we might be on the air. So, you know, it was, and that's when we were out in the, uh, you know, they had us out in the uh, in the swamp out there in Maplewood, uh, as a, we weren't in the main building. Uh, until I, I can't remember when we came back, but it was uh, it was fun out there because we were completely on our own. It was a banana republic out there, man.
0: How do you survive all the time slots? I mean, morning drive, afternoon drive. You know, I I talking about 11 a. yeah, I didn't start.
1: Morning. You know, I didn't have my own show till 2009, so this is kind of a a recent phenomenon. And uh, and uh, you know, I, I'm not even sure why I wanted to do it, but I wanted to give it a shot. And I enjoyed those 13, we did 13 months of general interest morning show and we had a great crew and, and that was a lot of fun too because uh, Jay Coles and I and Bob, the great Bob Berglin and John Burns and Kenny Olson and uh, and Coles and I would uh, book some of the guests and then we'd always argue about who had the lousiest guest. and you know, I mean we had fun there too although that was more serious and more political but uh, obviously it's been a completely different world Doing a show, you know, full time rather than doing two shows a week and call in. So, but I've had a lot of interesting people that I got to call in. I had the governor for a couple of years, uh, Governor Ventura. That was always interesting. Barbara Carlson for a couple of years. The great Bob Davis, who I talked to one day about the Ryder Cup for eight minutes, and he finally said, "Is that soccer?" <laughs> you know. So it was. It was. It's always been interesting. We uh, we always had a good time.
0: How do you handle today's show? I mean, you spend
1: some Just, stories. Yeah, we'll probably. That's we always drift off. I I really haven't planned this one too too intensely. Uh, we we usually plan our show. We get you know a couple of guests every day, and, but the one thing we don't have is the uh, nirvana of talk radio, which is the taped interview. <laughs> we don't have one of those this year. We're going to do two hours live and uh, live and in person. No uh, no taped interview. But I, I tell you what. And
0: no football picks,
1: right? Yep, no football picks. But for all the uh you know, for all the uh competition and uh whatever whatever people are saying about I one of the most proud things I am of is the last several years. The football with the Vikings guests we've had, we've had a really good lineup. And the twins guests we've had have been unbelievable. Tom Kelly, Jim Cott, Buster Olney and uh Tim Kirchner now. You know, if you I'm, I know this isn't the hotbed of baseball right now, but if you want baseball talk, that's been fantastic, in my opinion.
0: I'll leave it with this. I mean, you touched on it briefly, but what is next? I mean, is there is there a plan that's laid out? I mean, do you, you know, know? I'm, I'm still, game? you know, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm a halftime columnist at the Strip. I'll continue that, and uh, here's what could be happening. I don't want to tip it off now, but there are rumors I could be an occasional fill-in on the Laurie and Julia show and i think i'd be fantastic.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> because and it's uh, and they they're in favor it's it's not official yet but uh that that could happen.
0: So filling in for one, right? So one. working with the other? Working so when with Laura's the other. is out? You're working with
1: Julia? Yeah, i've heard rumors of that, but we'll find out. But uh that that's not official, but uh there's it's gathering a lot of momentum. So i, I think that would be pretty except, they're a pretty successful station right now, they might say, and second thought forget it.
0: So today's the end of Yes, one chapter, but it's not the end.
1: Well, I'll be on some form of radio saying something, but it's not, it's not full time, but it, that's fine. I mean it's, it's time, it's time. They've, I think they made the uh, probably a, a very good decision. I'm not arguing with it in any way, and it's, it's been fun, and uh, I, I have no complaints. You're not a podcaster. Well, you'd have to present the format to me because I'm not. I don't just see sitting there staring at the wall talking for 45 minutes. You know, it's uh, I'm not. That's I'm not equipped for that. I I play off people, but I don't. Uh, you know, I have to have people to play off of. And, and uh, I, I, have a, I have I have heard we're going to go to a digital platform. And uh, in that case, I. Think it's a very good idea to get rid of me because I don't know what they're talking about.
0: <laughs> the one, the only Patrick Roycey. That's a good way to end. I could talk to Patrick all day, but for TV sake on Friday, I had to limit the conversation. But. It was a fun 10 minutes going down memory lane with Patrick. One heck of a run, and he still will be heard on the 1500 frequency. And heck, I do think maybe at one point he can be convinced finding the right partner to maybe do some sort of podcast or semi-regular podcast. I think we need Patrick Roycey in our lives on a regular basis moving forward from an electronic media standpoint i should also mention i had a chance in may to do a tv story on d1 minnesota the basketball team i've certainly talked about a number of their players like tyrell terry and matthew hurt and zeke Naji. well they had a couple guys commit to schools in the last week jamison battle of D la high school committed to george washington he's a good shooter one of the best shooters in the state then robert jones teammate of dawson garcia at prior lake big man robert jones who had a penn state offer he committed to the university of denver so jones to denver battle to george washington that does it for scoop podcast episode 173 i'll be back at some point whether it's later this week or next week
2: he knows he once ate an entire sheet cake he knows your selfie life isn't your real life he knows what goes down on the dms shouldn't you know your dog better now you can learn his inner secrets with embark the highest rated dog dna test unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks go to embarkvet.com and use promo code dna that's dna to get 60 dollars off an embark breed and health kit or purebred kit with free shipping that's promo code dna to save today
0: at the home depot we have black friday savings
2: all through november and with that comes a joyful holiday bustle that we just love to hear Although we also love the sound that comes after the holidays. When people put their new tools to use. In fact, we love it so much. When you buy select Milwaukee M18 kits, you'll get an extra tool for free. So after you're done filling the air with holiday magic, you can fill it with the sounds of doing.
0: The Home Depot. How doers get more done.